Hi, and welcome to Yes Please, your go-to podcast for all things sexuality, pleasure, and orgasms. I've named this podcast Yes Please because that's how I want you to feel about all things sex, pleasure, and orgasms. Yes Please, and more. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here and that you want to learn more about how to experience more shameless pleasure, deeper satisfaction, and ecstatic orgasms in your life and sexuality. And I hope to inspire you to feel that you can embrace and celebrate your sexuality all throughout your life journey. This podcast isn't just about sex and sex education, however. It's about so much more. Personal growth, living a radiant and confident and authentic life, radical joy and expression, and general fucking goodness. I'm your host, Erica Alsborn, and I'm a sexuality teacher and expert sex and birth coach, but you can think of me more as your BFF who you love to talk to about sex and all the intimate things you don't feel comfortable talking about with anyone else. I celebrate the vast and diverse human erotic and sexual experience and I embody a deep shamelessness when it comes to sex in all its different expressions. However, having said that, I am a straight, able-bodied, cisgendered woman and in my work I specialize in female sexuality and I work with women with pussies and while I have a broad and liberal approach to sex and a very extensive training, my knowledge is limited by my own lived experience as well as the focus in my professional work. But I hope you'll learn lots here with me. Expand your idea of what sex is and can be and mean for you and even though I'm an expert on this topic I'm not an authority. Everything I share is always a suggestion not a must so take what resonates and leave the rest behind. I'm always open to receiving your constructive feedback so don't hesitate to reach out if you have any. Okay hi and welcome again I'm delighted that you're here and now let's dive into today's topic. Hi friend, welcome back to the pod. And if you're a newbie, welcome. I'm so glad you've found my podcast. It's amazing. You're going to learn so much. So stick around. <laughs> and today's episode is going to change the way you think about sex in partnership. Hopefully, that's my desire. That's my aim to provide you with a new approach and perspective on why to have sex which will hopefully positively shift how you think about sex, how you think about foreplay, how you think about your partner and yourself, and hopefully make you have more or better sex. So I don't think there's a magical kind of number for how many times per week you should have sex in a relationship. What's the right quantity? I definitely think quality is more important than quantity. And I definitely know that a lot of women are not having the type of sex that they need and want because they suck at expressing their needs, to be honest. I mean, sorry, if you're a woman and you're listening, but you need to hear it. You need to be better. You need to get better at expressing your needs and, and expressing them in a way that's receivable for your partner, especially if it's a man. He wants to satisfy you sexually. He is wired that. He loves it. So set him up for success. But that's a whole different topic and episode than what I want to talk about today. But so quality is more important than quantity, but quantity or frequency, I should say, is important. In a long-term relationship, it is so important to have sex. So important to have sex and most couples have a sex deficit. You need to be having more sex than you have, probably, right? Most modern couples, so busy, 
so stressed, so much shit going on, so much social media, TV, Netflix, so much to do, so little time and priority for sex. But I'm telling you, if you want to have a good relationship, a thriving relationship where there's thriving in the here and now, but also longevity, sex is super key. You cannot get around that in any way. When couples stop having sex, the relationship starts to erode. And the thing that keeps you at peace with one another, the thing that keeps you so bonded and feeling like you're a team, a very special and unique team, it's sex. And then, yeah, you could be, you know, arranging your relationship orientation in ways where you're also having sex with others. Nothing wrong with that. But you too, the primary partners, and especially if you're in a monogamous relationship, you need to be fucking and having sex and making love regularly, okay? So if you're not having sex regularly, let's look at that, right? Why? Why are you so resistant to sex? There could be tons of different reasons, right? But I'm going to give you today a new framework, a mental framework for how to think about it because that can shift all the actions that come after. So a lot of people think, I should be having sex when I feel like it. Otherwise, I won't have sex. That's bullshit. You don't go to the gym when you feel like it. You go to the gym because you decided to. I love this gym metaphor and comparison because it's so spot on. If you want to be healthy, if you want to have a fit, healthy body, strong, be able to run a certain distance, whatever, and maintain a certain level of health and fitness, you decide, you make a commitment, I'm going to go to the gym two or three times per week based on your capacity, your time, etc., all of that. You commit to that and then you show up for it. And if you don't show up for it, you know that you're going to have a less results. Over the long run, you know that consistent effort, consistent going to the gym will give you results three, six, 12 months down the line. So you know that there is a distant overarching goal that you need to work towards consistently in order to reach, right? And you recognize that in order to reach that goal, you're going to have to go to the gym when you don't feel like it, when you're in a bad mood, when you're uh, in deep resistance, but you do it Monday, Thursday, Friday, or whatever. You pack your bag in the morning, you schedule that, you know, you, you book the class, whatever, fitness pump, whatever it's called, I don't know. <laughs> you make a gym date with your friend, you go there, you do it, it's a non-negotiable. It's the same with sex, my love. And I know it sounds so unsexy, and it can almost like borderline on, well, isn't that like coercion? Like I, I coerce myself, I force myself to have sex when I don't want to. Well, I mean... Obviously, I would never say if your body says no, if your pussy says no, and in all my courses and my, my client work, I teach body consent. So you check in with your pussy and if she's a no, then you don't have penetration, but you can still be intimate. You can hug, you can kiss, you can cuddle. There are tons of ways to have sex and be sexually intimate with yourself and with a partner that does not include penetration, right? So it's not about you having to like spread your legs and, and be penetrated, but it's, it's for you, right? Sex is for you, first and foremost, and for your partner, and for the union, right? For the relationship. So no, it's not going to be coercive, but it's going to mean that you have to show up for yourself. You're going to have to show up for your sexuality. You're going to have to take steps 
that make it easier to have sex on the days that you've scheduled it. Because my recommendation to you is that you schedule it in. Schedule in sex dates, schedule in sexual intimacy, schedule in sex, give it a fancy name or a fun name or a code name so the kids don't know. Do whatever you got to do to make it feel playful and fun, but schedule it in. And then what you do is you take actions that make it happen. Just like the gym, you schedule it in, you pack your bag, you get yourself pumped thinking about it all day. You know that you you know don't eat that kind of food, eat this kind of food, hydrate so that at 5 p.m. or whatever time you go to the gym, you're primed to have a positive experience. It's the same with sex. You decide, okay, tomorrow or Friday, we're going to have sex. And then you take actions that prime your system for wanting to have sex. So it comes from a decision, not from wanting. Once you've made the decision, then you can work on increasing the want, increasing the anticipation, increasing the arousal and the desire. So one thing that really supports you in doing this is a concept that I've learned from Alison Armstrong. Alison is amazing. She's been on the podcast. Go listen to that episode because she's fucking phenomenal. But she talks about establishing what sex provides for you. Don't have sex from wanting sex. Have sex from what it provides for you. And don't assume that you know this about your partner or that they know this about you. So this is a beautiful exercise that you can do with your partner where you both list and share with each other what sex provides for you. For you listening and for your partner, right? And oftentimes we assume it's the same for each other or the same for as much younger men or women or the same as pre-kids or, you know, you change, you grow, you mature. So the thing that it provides can change depending on where you're at in your life journey and what's going on around you. But it's beautiful to identify and share what sex provides for you and and the same for your partner and learn this about them. Because then you're looking at the why, why you're having sex and letting that inspire you to then increase mental activity that supports cognitive arousal, that makes you feel like it's worth the time and effort to get into it, that makes it really a valuable experience to prioritize in your busy life. Then you need to think about what fills your sexy tank. Alison Armstrong calls it the sexy tank. So what puts you in your body and what opens you up to physical intimacy? So women need to rest a lot more than we do. We need to do nothing. We need to build testosterone through rest because testosterone drives action and sexual desire. But we also need oxytocin and a feeling of being sensually embodied so that we are inhabiting our body. And when our partner approaches us and initiates sex, we are receptive to that because we're not in the negatives, right? We're not frozen. We're not so disconnected from our bodies and from sensual goodness and from a baseline everyday pleasure inside, but we're at a zero. Or as I actually encourage women to do, do regular self-pleasure and sensual practices so that you're at a sensual and pleasurable simmer. Because it's not your partner's responsibility to turn you on. That's actually your responsibility, right? You have to make yourself 
receptive towards sex. And it fucking sucks because probably you feel like already I'm doing so much and maybe you're carrying a lot of resentment towards your male partner. And if you do, I recommend you check out <laughs> Allison's work and read her book, The Queen's Code, because she will help you understand men differently and yourself and uh, come into a different emotional frequency and with your male partner. But again, hate to break it to you, it is actually your responsibility. And it doesn't have to be so complicated. It's sometimes as simple as slowing down and doing simple, repetitive things mindfully that builds oxytocin, that builds a feeling of goodness inside. So when you do the dishes, do the dishes while being connected to your senses. Move your hands slowly in a rhythmic pattern when you do the dishes. Take a sensual shower. Hey, give yourself a treat of taking a long bubble bath or hanging out with your girlfriends and filling up your tank with female, like the female nectar of goodness. You need to do those things. You need to do things in your life that fill up your sexy tank because otherwise you're going to be at such a deficit that a sexual approach from your partner is going to feel like, fuck off. <laughs> There's nothing here for you to get because I'm not getting it myself, right? So maybe there needs to be a conversation with your partner around that or your kids and tell, you know, in better language, tell your kids to fuck off for the, you know, in the a.m. on a Saturday and go sit in the sun and drink your tea and read your magazine and do nothing and rub your hands together in a rhythmic flow and, you know, drink in the sun and then feel excited about having sex with your partner. Hello, my dear. If there's one self-pleasure practice I think all women need, it's pussy worship. Because so many women have deep unconscious beliefs that their vulva is ugly, disgusting, problematic, difficult, weird looking. The list is long. I've even created a whole episode on pussy worship and pussy gazing. So today, I just wanted to let you know that you can download a free guided self-pleasure pussy worship practice where you get step-by-step -step guidance on how to worship your pussy. It's a beautiful worshiping practice where you will gently heal, change, and eradicate negative beliefs about your pussy and make space for pussy magic and pleasure. It's so profound. It's so healing. It's so wonderful. And I want you to have this experience and to feel love and awe and respect and honor for your female genitals. So please do yourself a favor and download the Pussy Worship Practice and do it and enjoy. Okay, back to the episode. So this is so, so, so key. Taking out that spontaneous element out of sex, removing the heavy emphasis on spontaneous desire or that like, I need to want to have sex in order to have it, in long-term relationships, we need to cultivate this other approach of really looking at sex as something that you intentionally engage in on a regular basis, coming from the place of, I know that it provides me this and this and this and this and this, and these results, this outcome motivates me to focus and put in the effort to turn myself on. Because that's just the way it is, right? 
unfortunately, I wish it was as simple as it was in the honeymoon phase where you were just fucking like rabbits and you were turned on all the time and it was so easy. That's not the reality of of how long-term relationships and sexual desire works. And also, what can grow from this is something so deep, so rich, so valuable that you don't mind that it takes a little bit of effort to get into your desire and to get turned on because you know the result, the outcome, the reward is so much greater than the initial effort. Also, what you do is you create a very positive feedback loop in your system. So it's not going to be such a big uphill or such a big threshold to get into it once you've established this kind of rhythm and frequency in your sexual life with your partner. It's also good to understand that there's such a thing called the pumpkin hours. Again, this is from Allison's book, The Queen's Code. But she says, there are times when a request for sex from your partner would cause resentment. For example, because of lost sleep or another focus. So that's why it's so good to have communication around this and know when's a good time, when's not a good time, within which time frames we can initiate sex with each other. And also, and I do this in my own relationship, and I've been with my partner for nearly a decade, and I've loved him for two. We had a break in between round one and round two, but we've been together for almost a decade now. We have a kid, a second one on the way inside my belly as I'm recording this, and we schedule in sex. And then once we've scheduled it in, I can think about it, I can ruminate on it, I can imagine it, we can flirt, we can stroke each other, we can talk about what type of sex we want and set the stage, write the script for that sexual encounter and tweak it. And then throughout the day, if I know I'm going to have sex tonight, I am going to take it a little bit easier, maybe listen to some music, do things that I know put me in a good mood for sex, put me in a good vibe for sex because it's valuable to me, because I know it provides something for me that is invaluable, right? And also because I know this is what my partner gets from this. This is what it provides for my partner. And you can vibe with that and you can resonate with that and feel like that's valuable. That's a beautiful gift to give to my partner. So you're both gifting each other something really beautiful because you're engaging in this. Now, remember, there is such a thing as spontaneous desire and responsive desire. I did a recent podcast episode on this, so go listen to that if you need to understand your sort of desire trajectory or reaction, because that will also be helpful for you to understand. But this is the mindset that I want you to have for sex in your long-term relationship. And I hope this was insightful and possibly a little bit like challenging or triggering, because I know it can feel really hard to hear like, It's not enough to want sex and you should be having sex when you don't want to. And I know that this is triggering because it used to be part of the marriage contract for women to have to have sex when we don't want it. But we live in a different time now. So if it activates a kind of ancestral slash historical unprocessed wound or like upset, then please separate out the two things. I'm not saying you should have sex because your partner deserves it because you owe your partner sex. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not enough to just rely on your desire and your wanting to have sex in order to have sex. And I'm saying sex is for you first and foremost. So establish what sex provides for you. Take out the spontaneity 
And of course there can be spontaneity as well, but don't rely on it or expect it to be spontaneous and build and cultivate a mindset, a a practical approach and communication around sex that helps you have more frequent and more high quality sex. And if you need help with establishing self-pleasure, getting in touch with yourself, exploring your sensuality, feeling sexual and sexual at your core as a woman and really understanding your kind of sexual flavor and getting connected with yourself and your pussy and all of that, I have courses for you. So sign up for on, for my newsletter so that you get information about those courses because maybe you have some inner work to do with yourself. Maybe your partner has some inner work to do with themselves as well. I think everyone should put in a little bit of effort and do at least some, have some kind of self-pleasure approach or protocol because that self-care is so, so, so key and valuable and it positively impacts the relationship and sexuality as well. Okay, I'll be quiet now. I'm done. (laughs) Get to work. Do this. Remember, the homework is to identify and establish and share with your partner what sex provides for both of you and then look at how you can schedule it in and then look at what actions you need to take in order to increase the wanting once it's been established that you're going to have sex later on. Okay, I hope this makes sense. If it doesn't, just disregard it. But I know that this is a really powerful and effective approach to having more and better sex with your partner. And if there's a lot of resentment or relationship issues that prevent you from feeling like you can't even, you know, fathom opening up to your partner and sort of like he doesn't deserve it or anything like that, then obviously maybe there's some relationship work that needs to be done before this is even relevant. But hey, that's a very good reason to do that relationship work because you my good woman most of you listening are women you need more sex than you think and when you don't have sex when you have a sex deficit and when you're pleasure deprived you become a grumpy bitter bitch and that's just the truth (laughs) so all right i'm done see you next time bye-bye Okay, my friend, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something new today or that I reminded you of something you already knew or do and that you feel inspired and encouraged to prioritize sex, pleasure, and orgasms in your busy life. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and give it a rating or review so this important message can reach more people on this planet. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.